0: Welcome back to What the Freak. I am really excited to drop in today with my good friend as well as um, business associate. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's the best way to say it. Um, I don't want to say like, yeah, like landlord, um, collaborator, um, all kinds of things. Um, Kel Duncan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I hate landlord. I know, dude, it's such a bad term.
0: (laughs) I even hate like boss, you know, right. it's like, unless it's like some we of work my
1: together, not for one another or anything. So.
0: I, in jest, it's fun. My staff's <laughs> like, okay, boss, like 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, super excited to have Kel on today. Um, Kel is the owner of the Church Hill in downtown Phoenix, a really incredible community space um, filled with uh, a bunch of small businesses who've come together in collaboration to create a really cool spot for people to connect and eat and drink and shop. And uh, it's uh, actually built out of repurposed shipping containers. It's got a couple of bars, a few restaurants, a few retail shops, and a central courtyard um, that is covered and heated in the winter, cooled in the the summer, but still outdoors. Uh, Really cool vibe. So um, yeah, Kel would love for you to just uh, introduce yourself,
1: say uh, a couple things about who you are and what you do, and then we can uh, dive in sure yeah thanks thanks for the intro um so yeah my name's Kel Duncan I'm born and raised in in Phoenix Arizona actually which I think you and I both were yeah yeah it's rare yeah but um born and bred yeah we met we met through through the Churchill um before that I I went to school in Seattle uh majored in graphic design moved back to Phoenix uh worked for kind of did the corporate job thing for a while had a job at uh a large home builder for about five and a half, six years, doing some internet sales and marketing and got out of that in about 2016 when I started the process for the Churchill. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, as you know, and, and I guess we'll learn here today, but the the whole plan behind that was I was kind of burnt out on, on the corporate side of things and, and working for someone in that capacity and, and being on, you know, I hadn't like a base salary and commission. So it was like very sales driven, time driven. Mm-hmm. Like the more you put in, the more you get out kind of thing. And I I basically burnt myself out. <clears throat> and so I just saved up some some money and had planned to kinda of take some time off. And that was when we that's when Hartley and I kinda of met. Um, we had known each other before, but that was when we kinda of started talking about uh the Churchill. And so then <clears throat> started that process in two thousand sixteen and then we opened in two thousand eighteen uh, met, met you through your brother, uh, yep. who I met through Hartley. So yeah, <laughs> it was a funny full circle thing, but, uh, that's kind of how we ended up sitting here today. I guess it's my little, little intro.
0: Dope. Oh. Yeah. I, I remember that first meeting, I believe we went to sip coffee and beer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember that and I, I know Jamel met Hartley through a, uh, Lululemon was like yeah. launching a men's line and they like both got invited as like some kind of influential men in, in the community and they sat at the same table like and you started, and I started chatting. Cool and I guess not, no. <laughs> Which is, that was even funny and synchronistic because one of Jamel's friends was telling him about this guy he knew who was starting this shipping container project for like several months. He's like, oh, I'm going to introduce you. And he like never did. And then Hartley started talking. I don't think he even specifically had mentioned um the project yet and jamel's like i think you're the guy i was supposed to meet uh,
1: <laughs> so just fate, destiny something it's and, super uh, <laughs> funny when you when you go back and you might not even know all the details of those stories and then you're like wow it, like it really was meant to be that right. they just randomly met and then yeah after that i i went to uh the well, i don't know what festival it was but it was at hans park to try your pizza for the first time, and then okay, you guys like had like a forty-five minute line, and I was like, yeah, okay, I not haven't even tried it yet, but like <laughs> clearly there's something here. Was that um was that the uh, Lost Lake Festival? It was, it was or, actually before was it that. Before that. It was okay. before that, yeah, it was. Uh, it might have just been the, the pizza, pizza fest. Festival. Yeah, have like one of the first ones.
0: I mean, that sounds about right. We we usually have the longest line at that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, then from there, obviously, we met and we we're like, yeah, this this is this is perfect. This is what we were looking for, and and kind of the rest is history so mm-hmm. um but yeah it's nice like you know that you you kind of brought it up at the beginning but the whole point behind the Churchill was to work with like-minded people in other small business entrepreneurs startups that were kind of you know do something in downtown Phoenix together
0: mm. yeah yeah I'm um I'm curious to hear a little bit more about so you know, one, I was super drawn to the Churchill because of the community focus and just how you guys were planning to run things. And just from that very first meeting, I could tell both you and Hartley were just very heart-centered men, just like I could tell you actually cared about what you were doing. And, and I really resonated with the reasons why you were doing that project. And um, I had kind of made a list on my own of what I was looking for in a physical location, which after the first year in business, I started getting a, a vision that I wanted to do that, um, and then it was about a year after that that I met you guys, and it when you described the whole project, it checked about ninety five percent of my boxes of, of what I was looking for. So I was like, "Oh, cool! Like this is wow, this is awesome." I feel like I'm meant to be a part of this in some way, and um, yeah, ever since then, it's um, just my intuition was confirmed, and, and it's been a super great experience. Um, working with you, working with both of you, you know, Hartley obviously not part of the project anymore. Kind of went yeah. in a different direction. Yeah, but um, we're not here without him. And we yeah, to. no, and yeah, he. I mean, I'm still friends with him, connecting with him this day, even more so. Actually, watch this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was great, great having him on here. So we had a great, great chat. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I really want to dive into. So we were just talking right before this about you know, navigating the pandemic. And it's been a it's been a wild ride the last couple of years for both of us. Still navigating. Uh still navigating, <laughs> still uh finding our way out. But um yeah, I've just been really, you know, impressed in how you've handled things. And you know, this morning we just came from a, a Churchill tenant meeting, and I'm just really inspired by the team that you've put together around this shared vision. It seems like you've Found the right people in the right places, and each person is excited about the role that they're in and about kind of this bigger thing that we're all building for. Um, so, I'd love to just hear a little more on what has your process been over the last year or two in terms of, you know, being a leader of this project, of this community? How have you? managed to really build trust in the people that work for you, work with us in the space, um, and and how have you gotten it to the point, especially over the last year, where you've kind of like rebuilt the team almost from scratch again, um, to the point where now everybody seems like they're on the same page, they're excited, there's a lot of really cool activations happening, you know, all the businesses seem to be doing, uh, recovering very well financially after a very rough year, year and a half, I'm um, just curious to hear a little more about what that experience and process has been for you.
1: Sure. <clears throat> um, yes. I mean, it's not necessarily a short or clear answer, I guess. Um, and weirdly, that that work probably starts in 2016, like kind of like what we talked about a little bit before we started recording. Um, <clears throat> it can seem like overnight, but it's like it's an accumulation of a lot of little things over time that allowed me to get to the place. I think we're at now. Um, when, you know, when we started the Churchill and some of the things that, you know, drew you to the project, it was, it was based on like, you're going to be doing business in a place, you know, in in whatever location you choose and, and you might as well become ingrained in that community and, and benefit those, those ones around you. So that was kind of where we started the project. And then, you know, 2018 is when we open, 2020 hits, right when you're kind of like in the middle of like, maybe starting to hit your stride and figure it out as a business. And I think we kind of were, we were like that February, March, if you remember, like we're really good months for our business and I think for everybody's. And then boom, the pandemic hits. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it, you, you went through it too. I, we went through it together. It was so challenging to one day, just close your doors with no clear answer of anything that's going to happen. And then, um, you know, we talked about Hartley a bit too, but he and I parted ways during that time as well. So on top of, you know, dealing with the pandemic, I had a new baby at home who was like six months old. And then we, our business closes, my business partnership ends. And it was just like, it was just a lot. And at that time we're closed. So like all this is happening and we're not even open. Right. And so like, I was at the time it's easier to look back on it now right like at the time you're just I was just trying to make the best decisions with what I had like in in real time and and it was trying to decide you know when to open when to close like uh you know rent relief for you guys paying employees while we're being closed how to use PPP and all those things those are all being thrown at you in that time and those are things that are like very reactionary. And so I was trying to, there was a time I think where I wasn't doing a good job and, and it was like reacting to everything and you get caught up in all these things that are happening. And then I finally had to, you know, once we had gone through sort of the partnership ending and I realized it was just me, right? Like Mm -hmm. then it was, it was weirdly like calming. Um, because at that point, no matter what happened, it was my decision from that point. And so I was like, okay, we have been through, I would hope at that point, the <laughs> worst of it, right? And we're still closed, but we can get open again. Like if we hit this second round of PPP, you know, we'll get open in October and we'll just like – it, don't get caught up in this short term like look at things in like a long large scale and like where do you want to go and where do you want to end up and like getting caught up in this stuff and getting too worked up about the things that are right in front of you right now sure you have to deal with them but they're not the end goal so like just get through them the best you can and how you can and get you know where you want to go mm-hmm. so- Once I changed I think my mindset there <clears throat> that's when I was able to kind of start, getting things to go in the right direction. And then, uh, the other part of that was I—I w- I had been kind of working on myself through all of that and that, that process really started in 2016. But when all this happened, it really kind of ramped up. Um, and so it was, what are my, what are my strengths? Like, what are my weaknesses? What, what am I good at? What can I like? Why am I, <laughs> I'm not a good operator like, why am I, uh, why am I operating? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I was running the Churchill. I was at the Churchill too much as you guys saw probably, you know, I was there all the time. Like I'm always there and I'm not, a. that's not my background. I'm not a good operator. Um, it's not what I should be doing. Uh, and so it really took some time of like sitting down with myself to kind of figure out like what is it that you want to do, what is it that you're good at. And I think I'm good at people. Like I think I understand people in a way. Like, um I don't think I no one understands all people, right? <laughs> but like I think that I can see I think one of my strengths is putting people in positions to be successful. <clears throat> right? Yeah.
0: I, I I relate on that. I think we we both that's probably one of our biggest strengths. Like I I'm same thing. Like I'm really good. I'm finding out at bringing good people in and getting them excited around a shared vision and, you know, knowing how people interact with each other and how they can work together, how to work with certain different types of people have a certain intuition about that and and i enjoy it like i love and how they're going to fit together bringing them together yeah like putting the puzzle pieces together to have a really cohesive awesome team and and you know same same here i am not the best operator which i tried to force myself in that box for many years which was a necessity for me for the first you know especially three to five years of my business when we first opened the churchill I pretty much lived there, as you saw. Yeah, we were um, both there living. I think I've literally, I literally <laughs> slept there a couple of times. Um, yeah, so it's um, been a process to really figure out where am I actually in my best role? And, and it actually, it's kind of a disservice for me to try to play roles that I'm actually not good
1: at. So I definitely relate to you uh, on that. 100%. And I think that ability to kind of like take a step back and like look at yourself and be like, well, this isn't helping anybody. Like, it's not helping me and I'm not helping anyone else. Like I'm kind of just in the way doing a bad job. And so, you know, when <clears throat> when we were going to open back up, it was, it was okay, we have a, a tremendous, like, all the bad stuff's happened, but we have a tremendous opportunity now to, like, reinvent and recreate ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. we're at square one. The we're, No one probably even expected we would make it through. So, like, who cares right now, right? <laughs> Let's go for it. And so I basically was like, "All right, here's what here's what we're gonna have to do." So I brought in uh, some consultants. Um, I sat down with my investors and kind of pitched the plan. Um, brought in some consultants and basically just tore everything down, like <clears throat> as best as I could, to be like, "All right, like let's let's not like." this is just like, this is how we do it isn't good enough anymore. Or like, this is why we've just always done it that way. Like, that's not a good enough answer. Like we're, we're going to challenge everything of like, why are we doing it this way? And if we don't have a good answer, we're going to change the the way we're doing it. Mm. And so it was kind of going back and looking at everything and sort of challenging why we were doing it. If we didn't have that good answer, we would change it. And so on top of that so at that started with the staff we had in place and then at that time we also then started looking and looking at what roles do we have that we have and do we have people in place to do that and what roles do we have that we want to fill and sh- let's go start looking for people and so we gave everyone their roles and some people didn't work out and they're not there anymore and no no fault of their own it just once they didn't work out then someone else we went and found someone for that role so it's taken some time um, to get to this point but it it was kind of being able to put together the team where everyone has a role and they have room within that role to grow and to do things and to not be feeling like they're just boxed in but to play to their strengths to be able to kind of bring their best to the Churchill and then that that feeling is, I think, felt now, right? Like when mm-hmm. someone's really enjoying what they're doing, you can tell. And so like that just keeps kind of getting passed along so that when you're in there, I think you feel that this place is a bunch of people that like, that for the most part, enjoy what they're doing day to day. Nothing's perfect, yep. you know what yep. I mean? But that's that's kind of the feeling of like, that was the approach. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me kind of stepping back and like, I've passed off pretty much as much as I can where I'm really just big picture stuff. And now I've got people that are really good at what they do, doing what they do really well. Uh, and and as you've seen and kind of spoke to, like that's starting, you're starting to see month to month, week to week, you know, even like day to day almost, it's like getting better. And it's it's really fun to just kind of be there and be a part of it now too.
0: Mm. wow. Yeah, I, I really love a lot of what you just shared there. I want to just like touch back on a couple of things. Yeah, so, please. Um, the first thing that I, I heard in all of that was, you know, there's a focus on like the long-term vision rather than just the short term. It's like, okay, where are we? You know, obviously pandemic hits, shit's crazy. You, you got to re- just react. Like all you can yeah. do is react for for the first portion of that. But at some point it seems like, okay, you started something. You started to land a little bit. It's like okay, there's all this change happening, but now you're kind of in this blank space, like you're saying, like kind of square one, ground zero, and um, it's like okay, you could look at it from, you know, what is going to get us through the next six months, or you can look at where do we want to go in in five years from now, three to five years from now, and and I feel like that's what I did as well. I hired a business advisor at that time who helped me to really reevaluate what we were doing in the business. We stopped doing a lot of things that we were doing. A lot of the events that we used to cook at, we don't cook at anymore. Um, we, we started to really narrow down what it was that we could do best. And really, again, I love the the second piece you were talking about, which is challenging every, like how we were doing everything and right. why we were doing it. And if there wasn't a good reason to stop doing it and do something different instead. And I think it's those those little choices add up over time. And for me, one term I would use for that is is alignment, like getting in greater alignment with the potential of what the business or the organization can become and what collectively we want it to become. And and I kind of get the sense that um, you you really enjoy, just as I do, creating a collaborative environment where you want people to be excited about what they're doing and have some kind of say in the direction of where the business is headed. Um, and I really admire that about you. And, and that's one of the, the top qualities I admire in you know, really the leaders who inspire me most. It's those leaders who, yes, they have a vision. You know, It's like ultimately, yeah, you are the, the owner, you are the captain of the ship, sure. and you have to lead people in a direction. Uh, you have to kind of initially tell them, hey, this is where we're headed. But along the journey to get there, it's like you need support from the whole entire crew in how to get there. You need their ideas. You need their experience and their wisdom to help navigate the waters because you don't
1: know how to do that by yourself. Um, totally. And you have to give them something that they want to follow.
0: You know, yeah.
1: Like if no one wants to follow you, then you can point <laughs> to any direction you want to go. <laughs> and, and it's not going to matter. <clears throat> I think an interesting thing you said with the uh, <clears throat> like alignment in the long term was that at the same time that the, that I was tearing down the business to kind of rethink, I was tearing like myself down. Mm. Right. So like who, mm-hmm. who am, who's Cal Duncan, you know? Yep. And am I like where, what, when I strip away all the stuff of like what everyone kind of thinks or what I've even grown to think and really sit kind of with myself, like, what's left when it's just me sitting there right like and and so kind of challenging that even too of like stripping away things of like <clears throat> that maybe have just been through time and just my life have kind of like oh yeah I'm just that's just part of me it's like no it doesn't really have to be like mm-hmm. it just is because it like people just kind of think like you can change that anytime you want like and and it's not you know when you really get down and to the core of like what makes you who you are. I think that was at the, in that I was in the middle of that process too. And so to like have them both kind of going parallel, I think is kind of interesting. And, and that's been a big part for me too. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, you know, both of them are kind of, I'm seeing them both come to the accumulation of all the small decisions over the last few years to like get to here. And I'm seeing it in my personal life and in my business life.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's that's huge. Um, I, I've been going through a similar process over the last year or two of, of really. I mean, I, I've I've been in the practice of reevaluating myself and my identity um, for a number of years now, um, through various work that I've done on myself, and, and this last year or two just took that to a whole nother level of, man, like who, yeah, who am I and who who can I become and who do I want to become. And what am I capable of becoming um, at this time? And yeah, like I've really reevaluated like who is who is Nathan Curry and who can he be? And you know, it's a it's a constant journey, right? It's a constant process, and it will keep changing. It will keep evolving. And I've realized that you know, a a lot of people who met me, they've met me in certain environments, right? They've met me in certain phases of my life or in certain you know, endeavors. It's like, some people have met me through my pizza restaurant. You don't even know that um, person anymore. No, and it's like, I met him five years ago. And it's like, Freak Bros five years ago is not anything like what Freak Bros is today. And and I'm not anything like I was five years ago for the most nope. part, um, because we grow. Like that's, I think it's an interesting, weird thing that there's almost this weird assumption that that people more or less stay the same. Like I think we understand that people change and grow and evolve, but there's I feel like there's not enough emphasis on that and not enough allowance for people to become different versions of who they've been in the past. Sure. Um, and I think it's really important that we, you know, claim that for ourselves because it's like if I go off of other people's perceptions of me, I'm gonna be just confused and and just like I'm never gonna actually get to a place of contentment with myself, if I'm just living off of all of those things and people aren't gonna actually know who I am in this moment today if I don't declare that for myself and acknowledge that in myself and just show up in a different way. And and like, I actually just, I don't even respond, like when I can tell someone's interacting with me in a way from like a previous version of who I was, I just don't even respond to that energy anymore. If I can feel it's kind of like an old identity that's no longer feels resonant. I just show up the best I can from like, who am I today? Yeah. Um, Which feels much better, much cleaner. And um, I think more and more I've just been learning to allow my identity to be more expansive and to be more connected to, like kind of the bigger picture of of my community, of the world and how I fit into it. Even that's why I started this podcast. It's like I wanted to, I saw a, a version of me that could be of greater support to at least some people, at least a small amount of people who would find the kind of conversations I was having with people in my life meaningful and would hopefully help them to feel a bit more grounded and centered and clear and and more like hopeful for the future. Because if you just look at the external world right now, like it's kind of a grim, grim look of things in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, it's like been a really cool process of stepping into, you know, asking questions like, how can I be of greater service to all? How can I really step into my joy more fully? How can I really create more spaces for people to do those things for themselves as well. And, you know, the Churchill, I think, is an amazing space for that. There's such a wide variety of businesses and people and activations and events that, you know, everyone is really welcome. And that's not not totally common. You know, most places cater to a specific type of person, you know, where I feel like the Churchill – from most of the spaces I've been is very, very welcoming and inclusive. And I think
1: that's just so needed in in this world right now. Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, that's, it's been the goal. I I think that's been the goal from the beginning. And when you don't know, (laughs) when you don't know how to do something, you can't force that, right? You can't just be like, this is what we're gonna be. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone should listen and it's inclusive, look. You know, like you can't just say that that's what you're going to be and be it. You have to kind of just start. You have to just go and do the things that feel right to you, and and every let everything else kind of naturally fall into place. Don't go and try and be something. Like just be yourself, and and be open to sort of everyone, and and that's kind of how you get to that point. I think the thing that I like, I think I've I've told you this like a few times along the way, and is is like, I wa- I'm i watching you, like you, the, the thing that I like and appreciate is like, you. I don't think you know what you like yet all the time, but you're just willing to go try it, mm. right? And you're just like, well, I, I'm comfortable enough with myself to go do this and do it publicly. And like, I don't really care what anyone thinks, but like someone might be watching that and be like, wow, that's like, I could go try that. And he's mm. willing to try it. And like, you know, I, I, you probably don't hear a lot of those people chime in, but like you might hear the negative stuff where I don't even know, but like the, I think it's the people you probably don't even know that you inspire just from kind of pushing out there and you're willing to try whatever. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, you'll move on. But like, you've obviously found some things that you like that you're drawn to through that process, which I think is cool. And that, how else are you going to grow? How else are you going to get? to that final version of yourself, if you will, of like you mm. knowing all the things that you like, because you've been willing to go and try them mm. versus just sitting and not trying or wondering, you know, and I, and I like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Th- thank you for that reflection. Yeah, no that feels super good to to receive that. And um, yeah, that I mean, that is part of my intention is like, I hope I do inspire people to um, yeah, be a bit more experimental, be a bit more open to exploring their interests, their desires, you know, um, yeah, trying new things out because I, I just don't, I don't want to live a life of regret. I don't want to live a life of, oh, I, I, I never, I never really tried it. So I don't really know. Sure. Um, so, um, yeah. And I think just in, in today's world, there's just so much opportunity. Like I, I would be, I'd be selling myself short by not allowing myself to explore, all that life has to offer, and and not just go to the default of you know who I thought I could be growing up in my specific you know household and religion and society and school and all of that, which there are many many good things about my upbringing. I'm very very grateful for for my upbringing, and you know I think any one person, no matter what your upbringing is, you're only getting a very limited view of what's out there, a very limited
1: view of what is possible. For yourself. And those were, <clears throat> that's perfect. Cause those are the things mm-hmm. that I was talking about of like, when I was looking at myself is like, what are those pieces are me? And what are those pieces that I just grew up with? <laughs> you know, like my grandparents are Catholic. <laughs> yeah. my I, I come from a Catholic family. Yeah. I think we've talked about that. Like I'm not, <laughs> like I'm very far from that. You know what I mean? So like, it's funny when you just start to like go back and kind of just really look at evaluate the things about you that are there and if they are there for a reason or not and then you can kind of just oh okay like that's not really who i am i'll just move that one on and we'll we'll keep going yeah
0: yeah i think this this whole piece is really at the core of you know my like a more authentic answer to one of the most common questions that i've been asked which is like why freak bros like why freak and and that's really it right there like what we were just talking about it's it's being willing to explore and expand one's identity it's being willing to try new things out it's being willing to you know walk the path less traveled or do things that other people may not approve of not necessarily cuz they're bad things to do but just cuz people don't understand or they're not familiar with certain things and i think it's it's very easy to to judge or have certain assumptions about certain lifestyles, certain hobbies, certain interests um, without having experienced them or knowing even why that specific person is exploring that specific thing. You know, even if I have a same hobby or interest as someone else, I have, I could have totally different reasons for doing that and a totally different experience of that. You know, for me, it's like the reasons why I eat Vegan, um, you know, 99% of the time, I say I'm 99% vegan. 99% Uh, (laughs) as well. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Dope, dope. Um, It's it's different than why other people make that choice or live that lifestyle. And and even the lifestyle we live is a little bit different. You know, it's like, even if I say I'm vegan, that doesn't really say too much about who I am. You know, that's like maybe one piece of who I am, or it'll tell you a few things about who I am. But I don't take anyone lifestyle choice or identity too seriously anymore. Um, I'm I'm willing and able to just ebb and flow with them and say like, oh, that's like a piece of me or that's like an experience that I'm choosing right now. But that could change and evolve. Maybe next year I'll decide that I'm going full meditarian. Like, who knows? (laughs) Like, I'm not, I don't foresee that happening, but like, I don't know what I don't know. and, And I just want to stay present with what's actually feeling true for me in the moment.
1: that's yeah (laughs) I I think it's relatable I mean I'm 99% vegan as well and then people kind of toss assumptions on you with that but I don't think I really fit inside of those most of the time right (laughs) so people are usually surprised by that but one of the things you said was interesting with like the being able to ebb and flow uh, with people and one of the things that also happened during the pandemic for me was like the with along with the work on myself but also just through dealing with all of this is like I don't overreact too much anymore. Like there's not mm-hmm. this like overreaction one way or another. Like it's it's fairly like balanced now in, in that. And I also don't get worked up by one side or the other. Um, and it's kind of allowed me to make decisions in a more like calm and from a better place, which I also think helps. Both in my life, but also at the Churchill and in business. So I think that's where you're mm-hmm. also seeing that kind of play in when you're not sort of overreacting one way or another. Um, you're able, and and when you're kind of operating from like a clear head, because you're not worked up emotionally, right? Like you're not being worked up from one of the other things. Yep. That you're able to make a clear decision in, in a better, sound mind, and I think that's like a huge thing. I think that has has helped me a lot. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like that's such an important skill to have. Um, that's something I've cultivated on a whole nother level over the last two years as well. Just, yeah, like the craziest shit could be going down in the day and I'm just like, oh, okay, Sweet. all right, well, what's here? Let me understand this better. Okay, what's the what's the actions I need to take? What's the decision that I need to make? And uh, how do I address this thing? You know, but I don't take it personally hardly ever anymore. Uh, I'm just like, oh, cool. This is just like an experience that's happening right now. And, you know, something needs my attention in some way. Let me see what that is and what attention I need to give this thing so that I can help to resolve whatever the tension or conflict or decision that needs to be made. And and then that's it. And I just look at it for what it is now rather than, like you said, getting worked up emotionally and, and kind of getting knocked off. My center, it's like no. I'm like pretty, pretty much just on on the horse most of the time. I don't get yeah. knocked off as nearly as often anymore. Not that it
1: doesn't happen sometimes. You're but gonna have big problems still. It's, like the, that's the thing, and <clears throat> I kind of frame it this way when I'm when we have something. It's like we're gonna have problems. Period. Like they're gonna come up. They're gonna be big. They're gonna be small. They're gonna be whatever. And then you know when we have a problem happen. Like, the problems already happen. So, like, we can sit here and be <laughs> mad. We can talk about it. We can, like, figure out whose fault it is. And we could, you know, all right, let's 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 figure out whose fault. That's not going to help us. Like, we're all on the same team at the end of the day. No matter whose fault this is, and we'll figure that out, and we'll try and address it for next time so that that same thing doesn't happen. But, like, right now, let's just solve the problem together, right? Like, mm. we're, we're in this together. We're the same team. We have a problem. Let's solve it. And then let's figure out what went wrong and try and not do that again. But like playing detective and getting worked up and then like letting that kind of spin isn't going to help us now or in the future. Like let's just figure out the problem together. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, I I
0: really pray that the, uh, the little process you just described, like that we can take that on in like a bigger scale. Like like if we could do that, like on like a a world scale, like how amazing would that be? Because I feel like there's so much just blame games happening and people just obsessing over, you know, who created this mess, who created these problems, which I think it's important to understand that enough in order to help prevent certain things from happening in the future, like understanding the root of where that came from is absolutely. very important. And yeah, maybe certain people responsible for creating certain issues, there's some type of reconciliation process that needs to happen or some type of you know responsibility that needs to be taken, absolutely. Um, and I think our focus needs to be on the solution and needs to be on prevention of certain problems moving forward and have that be the primary focus rather than trying to just, you know, really get someone or like blame someone. It's like, in the long run, what good is that going to do? Um,
1: And it's not fun to do that. It's not fun when, like nobody likes getting- Most of the time that person already (laughs) feels bad. Like in our our situation, I mean, (laughs) it's not always how it's been. Sometimes you, you know, you might have someone that's trying to hide it or whatever, but I mean, the position we're in now it's usually not with ill intent. And so now you're yeah. like, okay, there was a mistake made. We should figure that out so we don't do it again. But let's let's also figure this out and solve the problem.
0: Yeah, and especially when you're working with people who are, you know, generally mature, professional and and working together around a shared set of values and vision. And if you can lean on those instead of leaning on trying to blame someone for something, that's so much more effective and feels so much better for everyone. Um, perhaps that's like one of the biggest differences between you know, I think the effectiveness that a team like the Churchill or Freak Brothers is able to have versus on a bigger scale is I think that on a bigger scale, we don't have a shared set of values as a society. We don't have a shared vision as society there's so many different values and ideas of what is best and where we should go and what is right and what is not. And, you know, there's just nobody's in agreement about some of the most crucial things that it would take for any team to actually function effectively. And so that's kind of where my mind goes lately. And and why I really love being a part of the Churchill's, I feel like we're a cool, like, kind of microcosm example of how a community can function in a synergistic way, yeah. and it's super inspiring to and energizing to be in an environment where you can just feel like you were saying, you know, it's, you can tell when somebody really enjoys what they're doing, and when, when they feel like they have a purpose and a role, and that it's important and they're significant, and, and they care, and everybody cares. Like you can feel that, and that's something you can't fake, and it, it's exactly. it's very
1: authentic. One hundred percent. I, I think authenticity is huge I think whenever I've, find, I've found myself in a place that I'm not happy with it's usually because of some area where I may be lacking authenticity or I've strayed away from it um, an interesting thing that came up while you were talking too in terms of like leadership and like maybe a micro versus macro level of like where the world's problems versus our problems and like just the grander scale is like the other thing I've kind of settled in on for myself um, is, you know, I'm not necessarily like a macro thinker. Like I know there are some big thinkers out there that can tackle really large problems. So I, I like to kind of figure out like what, you know, what is it that I can do? What's in my control? And like what I can do is one, I can, completely work on myself and dump uh, uh, everything kind of back into myself including like loving and taking care of myself and then that when I'm well and doing well I can put that back out to everyone else around me and then also the biggest effect I can have you know it's not on a on a global scale is like I can start where I'm at like in Phoenix and if I can do Mm -hmm. something special at the church hill and people that come in there have the have like a feeling right like they're like wow i enjoyed that feeling of that place and there was something there and then if i can do you know you want to do more projects i want to do more projects if i can continue to do those and i'm i'll probably just continue to do them in downtown phoenix (laughs) because i like where i live and i like doing those things in, in the same area but if i can continue to do that in that area and those things can kind of grow and we can Build. I mean, I love the downtown Phoenix community in general, but like, so building on that and and for that to grow, like that, if you can create an impact there that grows, then that could grow and then people might be drawn to that or experience it and leave with it and try and recreate that somewhere else. So like that's, Mm -hmm. without going and doing these things all over the other, all over the place in other areas, like I can focus on here and do the best I can here and try and, you know, create that experience for someone else. And maybe that carries on. I, I don't know if that all made sense, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately of, of how I can have an impact. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It, it
0: definitely makes sense. And, and I really resonate um, in, in a lot of ways with that. I've said actually for, for years now, because people, since before we even you know, opened at the Churchill, people are like, oh, are you gonna like franchise or something like that? And I'm like, well, one, I hate the word franchise. Yeah, It's like, it's such a weird association to me. I just think of McDonald's and I'm just like, uh, no, I don't want to franchise. Franchisee. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like people have asked me like, hey, do you want to like expand, have multiple locations, et cetera? Or like, oh man, I could see you guys being really big. I'm like, that's cool. But like, that's really not like a primary interest, like it's, it's not a priority for me right now. Like I'm not interested in building a business to scale it, to sell it or whatever. It's like, I'm not really in that mindset that I think, you know, again, no judgment towards that. I think some people that's like what they enjoy doing and that's their calling, that's great, you know? Um, but for me, I would rather do one thing and do it well. And even if we only ever have one location, I want the experience that people get to be right. Like there's a certain feeling that I want people to have when they eat our pizza and interact with our staff and like have that whole experience or or go to a, you know, now go to a wedding that is a a freak wedding, you know, freak bros catered wedding. It's like there's a certain experience and and memories that are created there and, and, and people experience something new that they weren't expecting that they haven't experienced before. And it's really delightful. And if we can, if we can consistently create that, I'm good. Like I'm happy. Like I already feel satisfied with my business and and how far we've come. Like I could, I could die happy tomorrow knowing that I've accomplished what I set out to accomplish. Like we are, we are living it. And, you know, I am very interested in continuing to grow and improve myself personally as well as the business. And you know, I feel more and more a calling from the business itself, if you will, if we look at the business like a living organism, that it wants to grow. And there's more people that it's capable and desiring to serve. And and there's more experiences that we can spread and create with people. But I don't
1: want to lose any of the potency of what we do. I think it's nice that you, I mean, even just saying that part out loud, though, right? Like, the acknowledgement of like, you know, organic and natural growth versus just like Mm -hmm. rushing out to get bigger versus like waiting until it feels like the time when you're ready to then expand. Like there's a huge difference in that. And so like you'll, when you're growing that way uh, and you're, you know, intentional and deliberate with your growth and how you do it and who you bring along with that. I think that's going to be the huge difference. And you don't need as much that way. You have more quality than quantity, right? And and mm-hmm. you're able to make a bigger impact with a lot less. You might not even have as big an impact with ten stores. Totally. Than you would with two.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, how many times have you gone to a chain restaurant and you're just like, eh. It's just like, I, I never wanna become that. Never wanna become that. I'd rather have one or two or three locations, but every time at any location you go to, you're just like, wow, yeah. that was awesome. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to bring a friend. It's like, in, in that regard, it's like, we don't need to be any bigger than we are to make a real difference. And I think, you know, one thing I wanna just reflect back to you is is I don't think you need to have like a global visionary mindset to make a difference on that scale. I think what you're doing is doing that because each person who comes through the door, you don't, we don't understand, right? Like even like you were saying earlier, like some people who maybe follow me or see some of the stuff I'm doing, it's like, I don't, I understand that I don't understand how I'm positively impacting people who I'll probably never hear from. Um, And I don't, and and I take that very reverently And seriously, that like, wow, like I really, by me authentically expressing myself and pouring myself into what I feel called to do, like I am making a difference and I trust in that. And more and more, like I see it come back around and I do hear certain things. Maybe years later, I chat with someone, they're like, man, you did this thing back then. And like, I didn't even realize how huge of an impact I
1: had. When you start start living and doing things that way, from what I've seen is that the synchronicity does sort of, start to naturally just happen. And like the things just kind of start, uh, you know, falling into place, I guess like that you, when you start and you're not even really, I guess, doing it to, or paying attention to that. They just start to kind of start to happen. And then you're kind of, you're just more aware of it now because mm-hmm. you're living that, that way more intentionally, I guess it's interesting because I've seen it. I've noticed it in my life too. And mm. how things start to kind of work, work out, miraculously, and, you know, <laughs> after years and years, of banging my head against the wall. But you know what I mean? Like that without all the years of that, I don't mm-hmm. think these things are starting to happen. I mean, like if you didn't, if things didn't change along the way, if I didn't change along the way, or if I didn't kind of learn through those, I don't think those things happen now. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the one piece I want to add here and actually even have a tangible example for it is there's such a I even want to say, just to relate it to a business term, there's such a positive ROI on being a generous human being. And the tangible example I want to give, actually related to you, is is you really, really helped us out during the pandemic by giving us rent forgiveness for, um, you know, like, I think it was at least six months. Like when we were, when the Churchill was closed, it's like you allowed us to keep operating out of there because you just wanted us to have the best shot of making it through. And that meant so much to us. And, and I understood that that, I mean, you were, the Churchill was completely closed. You had no revenue coming yeah, in, save the PPP loans. <laughs> and, and, and yet you were still so generous in allowing us to try and have our best shot at making it. And now I see that tangibly coming around full circle. Um, and now we actually get to, you know, pay you a percentage of the revenue that we make over a certain amount and and we're doing super well like we're doing the best we've ever done as i was just telling you uh, financially and now you rightfully get to be rewarded for that and we get to pay you back some of that generosity that you in good faith gave to us without any expectation of any immediate returns on that and i don't think that's why you did it at all you just i could just tell you did it because you really cared about us and you wanted to see us succeed and you wanted us to continue being a part of creating this thing together and I think that just, you know, I hope that more and more that's that's how our world can function. Like I really like the energy of that, of like being able to be generous just because it feels like it's the right thing to do. And I think we've had these conversations yeah. before of like the power of just doing what you know is right in your heart. And and I more and more I I think that's how business is going to need to function if we want to continue forward because I think the way we have been doing it, where there's this kind of short term extraction energy, it just it doesn't lead to great things. You know, it's it's very limited. And I think how much further that that type of mindset can get us as opposed to just being generous, looking at the long run, investing in projects and people you care about. It's like I've invested so much into my people, time, money, energy, but it all comes back to me and it creates some discomfort for me in the short run for yeah. for many years it's like i paid myself basically nothing basically i got into more debt personally and with the business for the first 5 plus years which I, it sounds like you can very much relate to i don't but, look good on paper uh, i don't i don't i don't look i still don't look great on paper i'm i'm reversing some of those cycles now yeah, no. it's starting to come back around which i'm grateful for but it's like i'm that's not the most important thing to me right i'm not looking for a three year exit strategy to make the most money possible. It's like money's a part of the equation. It's important, but it's not the focus. The focus is how do I create the best total human experience and positive impact that we can create through this vehicle of a business or organization that brings together people and resources and physical items and, and products and services that we can like create this ecosystem. Of, of synergy and support. And I just trust that the, the better steward I become of the, the spaces that I'm responsible for mm-hmm. curating, you know, that, that energetic flow, including money, is going to keep flowing through and
1: allowing us to do more of what we want to do. Yeah, to kind of summarize and loop that on connect it All, the decision to give the rent relief was uh, taking it out of the short and looking at the long you guys going out of business doesn't help me at all, right? Like, that's not what I wanted. I want, and me, like me going out of business, everyone goes out of business, right? So like, it was a balance of like, trying to make it through first of all, but then also understanding like, I want everyone in here to be through this together. And if by, you know, allowing, giving you the best shot to do that then sets you up to like be where you're at now, being the most successful. So yeah, it. it <clears throat> and when you take, of course, like you said, we all wanna make money, but when you take making money and you don't make it the number one priority, even though it obviously is up there and you focus on the other part, the money follows that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And that's what I've also seen. It's like, if we're focused on, of course, you don't wanna just be losing money and having a good time, <laughs> like, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But to focus on like making sure people are happy and having a good a good time and good experience at work, making sure that people come in, they have a good experience and, and good time when they come in, like leading with all of that and taking care of your people, but also all of you guys and all of us together. What we're seeing now, you and I, with, with, with the growth at the Churchill and the feeling that we have when we go to these meetings now and everyone being in it together and really positive, that's that's the outcome, right, of all of, mm. all of that, so.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it reminds me too of of how my philosophy has evolved around hiring staff and investing in the right people. It's like <clears throat> the more I invest in the right people in every way, including, you know, paying our people really more than we have to um, or that would be standard. It's like I like paying my people above average because even just from a pure business perspective, it makes sense because, there's such a cost of having to find and interview and and hire and train people from scratch over and over again. I'd rather just invest a bit more into people who are already a good fit and, and keep them here, give them every reason I can to stay with us for a long time, which I'm, we're blessed to have uh, a, a handful of staff who've been with us for four or five years. Yeah, from like, the
1: start when you guys opened
0: even before we opened yeah. even back when we were just doing the mobile events it's it's pretty wild that we still have those a lot of those staff um, and I think that's because we really do invest in our people and that has saved us a lot of money over the years having to find new people all the time in an industry that has 100% turnover rate yeah. on average per year it's like we have a much lower turnover rate so even business-wise, even in the medium term, and especially in the long run, it just actually makes sense. Um, So it's like, I think it's cool that both are there. It's like, one, you just genuinely care about what you're doing and the people you're working with and the other, you know, businesses you're working with. And two, financially, it makes sense if you're willing to
1: look past just kind of the
0: short term
1: of things. Totally. We get the luxury of being a small business and being able to do that, which is nice.
0: Totally. (sighs) Cool, man. Well, this has been a, a really great conversation. Is there uh, any any last thoughts coming up? Any last topic you wanted to touch on to kind of
1: finish things off for for today? I don't think so. I mean, this was fun. i mean, I'm glad we got to do it. I I hope I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, I don't have anything to like add. I just you know reiterate that it's just it's just been a lot of fun, and I continue to enjoy working with you, and I look forward to doing it longer.
0: Mm. Dope. Well, yeah thanks for coming on i really enjoy i mean always our, our conversations it's really great to drop in you with you in this way too and um, i think you just have you have a lot to share and i think you're just such a positive example of a human being of a business owner of just being a leader in your community and that's like one of my core intentions for this podcast is i want to highlight you know local leaders that i know and have been fortunate to come across in my path and that may not otherwise have uh, a platform like this for other people to um you know hear more about you and your story and the lessons you've learned and you know hopefully you know at least one person listening to this yeah. um hears something that really lands for them and really makes a difference for them and you know hopefully you can, uh, you know, share this with some people who you think would be beneficial to hear a conversation like this. And I just really think that, you know, even if nobody ever heard this conversation, us just having it is valuable. God, worth it to me. Is <laughs> worth it to me, too. Yeah. So that's I think that in itself is really awesome. And, and I think I just really would love to hear more conversations like this in the world. I think these small conversations one step at a time shift the energy of our society like I really feel that connection that it's you know change happens one conversation at a time one decision at a time right just like in our personal lives it's that I mean that's how I grow right it's like I grow one conversation at a time one new choice at a time one new perspective one new lesson and over time I think that adds up to really make a, a significant difference so thank you for just yeah man being who you are and, and showing up how you do and uh and coming on to chat with me
1: thanks no i appreciate it thanks for having me absolutely all right
0: well thanks everyone for listening uh, if you want to follow cal we'll include his uh contact info how you can get a hold of him and uh come on down to church Churchill sometime yeah thanks